Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit gets fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. It is God's will that all of His people experience victory, overcoming, triumphing over whatever challenges or problems that you encounter in life. And in this life, you will encounter some stuff. There will be some things. Living by faith, being a believer, doesn't mean you never have to use your faith. Doesn't mean you never have any confrontations. There's an enemy, and the earth is filled with curse and sin and and death. And the scripture says, fight the good fight of faith. Well, if there wasn't something that you had to fight against, it wouldn't be a fight of faith. But thank God, the one who's inside us is bigger and greater and smarter and wiser. Hallelujah. And if we learn to listen to him, yield to him, follow him, he will, like the scripture said, always cause us to triumph. So whatever it is you're dealing with, Don't be despondent. Don't be hopeless about it. And you say, well, I I just don't see any way. Well, that may be true that you don't see any way, but that doesn't mean there's not a way. We know the way. He has a name. Hallelujah. The head of the church, Jesus, the Son of God, is our Savior. He's alive. He's the deliverer. He's the healer. He's more than enough. Uh, Let's pray and believe God to get exactly the part we need today. Lord, we ask for utterance and anointing and everybody to have eyes and ears and hearts opened to see, hear, and receive. And we'll give you all the praise, all the thanks, all the glory. We acknowledge that we are not enough in ourselves, but we're not by ourselves. You are in us. You are with us. And if you're with us and you're for us, no enemy can successfully be against us. We thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Look, please, in our great textbook, the Bible, over to Hebrews, the third chapter. Uh, We begin in last week's uh, lessons talking about what we're calling uh, overcoming unbelief. In lessons prior to that, we saw that we being born of God are uh, born overcomers. And the, th- the way we overcome, the victory that overcomes the world, is our faith. And if you weren't there, if you weren't here for that, if you didn't join us for that, it's available. Just go to faithschool.org and you'll see the titles. And um, no cost, no charge. And on that foundation... We're building on this. So you'll get more out of this if you had that. And uh, thank God to technology. If you want to get it right now, you can go. We'll still be here when you get back. So. 
<laughs> now, aren't we glad that these things are available to us? But um, uh, in talking about that, now we're focusing on what it is we overcome with our faith. And one of the things that you must overcome to receive from God, to please God, obey God, is you must overcome unbelief. And um, uh, there's a big need to talk about this because even among church people, you'll immediately get a, a, an agreement. People go, yeah, right, you know, unbelief's bad. But then it's like, you know, that's almost for somebody else because, you know, I'm a believer and, and I'm a strong faith person and, you know, I'm, I don't really have problems with unbelief. <laughs> Not true. Unbelief is all around you and it is a pervasive subtle thing. And the problem is so many times people are yielding to unbelief. They're in a lot of unbelief, but they don't call it that. They're not identifying it. They're not realizing it. And if you don't realize it, you're not resisting it. And that's a problem because unbelief is a thief. You can be robbed of what you should have by unbelief. In uh, Hebrews, the third chapter, He's talking about this in some detail. We'll begin in verse 7, Hebrews 3 and 7. It said, Wherefore, as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation, in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years. Wherefore, I was grieved with that generation and said, they do always err in their heart and they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Then he says, take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. So he, he reminds us, the writer in here in the New Testament, the Spirit of God through the writer of Hebrews reminds us of what happened with those uh, Israelites that God delivered out of Egyptian bondage, how that even though they had seen all those miracles and God delivered them when there was no way that Pharaoh in Egypt was letting them go, and yet they had to because of God's demonstrations of power. And I mean, the last one, he split the Red Sea and they went over on dry ground and, and Pharaoh's forces were wiped out all in, in one motion when the waters covered them. And after having seen all of that, time after time after time, they failed to trust God. They yielded to unbelief uh, as as. I plan to, as time allows, uh, to look at each one of these uh, as we develop this series because it's, it's the Word of God and you learn things from each one. But it's, you almost want to scratch your head when you're reading it going, <laughs> when are these guys going to learn? You know? And yet the Bible says they are examples for us. Read that verse again in verse uh, 12, take heed, brethren. What does take heed mean? Take heed. 
we, uh, it's a word that means uh, pay attention. It's a word that means caution, warning. And so it is an alert and an alarm. And as we said uh, in last week's uh, lessons, something you want to, when you hear the Lord say that to you, uh, beware, uh, take heed. Uh, you immediately want to think, uh, take this seriously. Because so many times people don't. And then take it personally. Because, see, the enemy is counting on you not taking it seriously. He, he's, he, he'll actually work to get you to just ignore this. Because if you won't take heed, if I won't take heed, we're easier to deceive and trick. But when the Lord says, watch out about this, pay attention to this, be alert and watch. What should we do when the Lord says that? Ah, no biggie. <laughs> don't, don't worry about it. <laughs> now you're laughing, but that's what usually happens. You know, it's just like a, a, a filler phrase in the scripture. Especially, you know, if you're not used to King James talk, you know, take heed, brethren. Okay, what's next? And... <laughs> But it should be uh, not to put us in fear, I don't mean that, but to put us on alert. And that makes a difference. If you're looking for something, then, you know, to be forewarned, as they say, is to be forearmed. You are ready for something. But so many times the reason there's a problem is people weren't expecting it. It's like it's already half done before they realize what's going on. And it wasn't the Lord's fault because more than once he said, watch out for this. Take heed about this. Beware. So uh, that's what part of this series is about, is uh, being, uh, you know, ready and prepared with all the armor of God. Uh, the scripture said we're not ignorant of Satan's devices, uh, which means we're awake, we're alert, and we're not in fear, but we're on guard, and we're prepared, and we'll not be uh, those that the easy, excuse me, the enemy can easily manipulate, easily fool. Said out loud, uh, Lord, help me to see, and recognize, unbelief. Like you, told me to. like you told me to. He said, take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. This is another thing. So many times people see unbelief as more of an innocent thing. More of a, um, uh, just a lack of knowledge thing. So, you know, you know bless their hearts, they just, uh, they, they have a lot of unbelief. Well, no, there's a, a more than one kind of unbelief. And here he's talking about, obviously, the serious kind, the most serious kind. And he calls it evil, evil, evil heart of unbelief. 
This is obviously something you don't want. You don't want to be a part of. You don't want to have any of it in you. And he said, in departing from the living God, but exhort one another daily while it's called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Now, you see, he's already quoted that. And you see, he quotes that same phrase about three or four times through these couple of chapters. You'll find it over in Psalm 95. And it is a synopsis of what happened with Israel after delivering them out of Egyptian bondage. They finally, you know, we studied this in the previous series. Uh, It got to the place there in Numbers 14 where the Lord said, how long will it be before they believe me? And uh, they kept saying, we're all going to die in the desert. And he said, well, that's what's going to happen, is exactly what you said. And he said, they've tempted me these ten times. Now, that word tempt, that word prove, you'll see numerous times associated with these scriptures. And it literally means test, test. God can't be tempted with evil, James says. And he never tempts anybody to do any evil. You want to get that settled, get that clear. But then there is a testing. uh, Peter talks about the trial or the testing of our faith. And you know, everything that's going to be used for important things, relied on, trusted, needs to be tested. Right? I mean, you don't want to ride in a car that hadn't been tested. Right? You're expecting that the manufacturers have already tried these wheels and they won't fall off when you're going down the road. You're expecting that they, and of course the good stuff is really tested. You know, I mean, I'm a pilot and we're involved with airplanes and and it's interesting, boy, they put these airplanes through it. I mean, uh, when they come out with a new plane, they'll take it to the hottest desert. And they will let it sit out there and bake until the temps are just off the chart, you know. And then they see if everything comes on and works like it's supposed to, or it's overheating or melting or whatever. And they'll, they'll uh, you know, load it to the gills and and make it take off full power and make it land and, and brake so hard that the brakes are smoking. And, and uh, what are they doing? Testing it. Why? Because they don't want you as a passenger to have to test it and figure out <laughs> that it didn't work. Because then you won't want to ride on their planes anymore if it failed. And then they'll take it up to the Arctic. And they'll get the coldest conditions they can find. And they let it sit out there in cold soak. Until and see if anything's going to crack. See if anything's going to not come on and come on, come up. So testing is not a bad thing. And testing, they're not testing the planes to the end that they don't work and don't have a product. They want to approve them, right? So that they got a product that they can trust and rely on. And when you're in these conditions, nobody's wondering, well, can it do the job? Well, do you know that God's got big plans for you? 
big plans for you and me in his eternal kingdom. Uh, but we have to, our faith has to be proven in this uh, life. And we, there's lessons that we've got to learn. And they're lessons of listening to God, lessons of trusting Him, lessons of obeying Him. And just, you read here in Hebrews, go over to 1 Peter and let's read that. 1 Peter 5. 1 Peter 1.5 says, We're kept by the power of God, who through faith unto salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. He said, Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you're in heaviness through manifold temptations. Now again, these words tempt and prove can, can be translated test, testings. And he goes on to say that the trial, which is also the same idea of a test, the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. What might be found unto praise and honor? Your, your faith. Why? Because it passed the test. It passed all the tests. Right? You know, we, we're, we're big on sports around, you know, all over the world. And uh, football or the rest of the world calls soccer football. Uh, basketball, baseball. And when the team reaches the end of the season, uh, makes it through the playoffs, wins the big game, why is there so much celebration? Why? They were tested. Is that right? Every game, they were tested, 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 tested. Can you have the glory without the testing? Well, what would you be celebrating? <laughs> huh? What would you be celebrating? You're celebrating because, uh, they're celebrating because they passed tests others didn't pass. Can you see that? They won games, others didn't. They, they accomplished plays, they succeeded in things, they passed the test. And so here it says that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Do you know that our faith is going to be praised past this life? If and when and as it passed the tests, the challenges, we overcame fear, we overcame unbelief, we didn't yield to the ungodly spirit of disobedience in this world, we didn't yield to the, uh, the falsely so-called uh, science and knowledge and intellectualism. We didn't doubt God. We didn't refuse to obey. We passed tests. Amen. Hallelujah. We passed tests. And as the years went by and the decades went by, uh, the Lord could count on us. We would listen to Him. We would believe Him. We'd trust Him. We would obey Him. We would do what He told us to do. And He would be able to say at the end of this, well done. Hallelujah. Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. 
you know, be ruler over many things. Don't you want to pass the test? And see, the Lord wants you to pass the test. And he, he wanted them to pass the test. He didn't want them to fail. He didn't want them to, to forfeit Canaan's land and wander around out there in the desert and, and, and live hard and die wrong and die young. That was never the will of God for them. His will for them was for them to trust him, pass the test, go on into the promised land. That's his will for everybody. But he, is, he didn't create us robots. He didn't create us uh, machines that he controls. We have a free will. And so we, we can trust him and follow him or we can refuse. And sadly, that's what they did. They refused the Israelites that he delivered out of Egyptian bondage, that first generation. I mean, they missed it every time. No matter how many miracles they saw, they never became convinced. They never got settled that they could trust God. They never became fully persuaded and convinced that he was good and that his, he, his plan was in their best interests. They believed lies. They questioned him. And the reason I brought some of this up is they kept trying to test him. <laughs> And didn't realize it was them <laughs> that were being tested. Now we laugh, but people are doing this today, man. People are doing this when they say, well, God, uh, you know, uh, if you are real, prove it to me. You know, are Christians that should know better. Well, God, where are you? You know, and they're trying to get him to prove things to them. He's not the ones being tested, dear heart. <laughs> he, he's right he's always been right and he doesn't need to prove his love to you he proved it when he sent Jesus he's already done everything he's already paid for everything it's us who need to prove to him that he can trust us it's us that are being tested and by his grace you can pass the test he wants you to pass the test. And all you got to do is make the right choice. We've talked about this before, but it'll bear repetition. You hear people say, I'm sorry, I just can't believe all that stuff. You know, I know you guys are all worked up because some people, you know, who deem themselves, uh, you know, smart and uh, whatever, they, they see people like us as weak who need the crutch of religion and just are not smart enough and enlightened enough to realize that, you know, science explains everything and, and there is no God. Well, uh, you feel sorry for us? We feel sorry for you. Because <laughs> the Bible said it's the fool who says there is no God. And uh, you're not enlightened enough in your understanding uh, there are, you know, there's people who are religious and they got things all mixed up, but that doesn't change the reality of God. There's another dimension called spirit. It's real. It was here before there was a material uh, creation. And there are answers and true science uh, answers to everything. And it all comes back to God. 
He's the one that created true science and true knowledge and light and life and every good thing. And if you're smart, you will acknowledge your limitations. You'll acknowledge how little you actually understand of the life you're even in, the planet you're standing on, the, the galaxy you're a part of. We, we know so little. But if you will just make the choice, everybody say choice, yes. choice. If you'll just make the choice to believe, everything starts to open up to you. I heard a preacher say one time years ago, he said, uh, this, this book is a closed book to an unbeliever. You know, no matter how smart you may think you are, you won't understand it. You won't see how one thing is connected to another. And it's not because you're too dumb. It's because you're spiritually dead and, and blind and deaf. But to the believer, it opens up. Hallelujah. And it's not because you're smarter than somebody else. It's because the Spirit of God is the greatest teacher in the world. And He speaks your language. And when He reaches inside you and turns on the light, and you go, I see that. <laughs> I see. Oh, glory to God. And I'm telling you, life begins to get exciting. Oh, it opens up. Would you, would you pray this prayer with me right now and make that choice? Everybody say, Father God, I believe in you. Jesus, I believe in you. I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior. I believe what you have said. I receive what you have done. I am a believer. Open my eyes, my ears, my heart, my mind, and let the light shine in. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory to be to God. Now, now, go read your Bible. <laughs> now, reach out and start praying. And oh, wow, you begin to see, things begin to click, things begin to connect. Uh, it opens up. Hallelujah. Aren't we glad that God is real? That we don't have to, you know, uh, ask all these foolish questions that people are so bogged down in in intellectualism, they, they stay up in the night sky and they're terrified of dying and they go, why are we here? And, and it's just a painful thing to ask. But when you, when you know God, the fear goes away. The pain goes away. The peace that passes understanding comes in. Hallelujah. And you know that you know, not just conjecture, not just empty theory, you know. We know we've passed from death unto life. Hallelujah. We know our name is written in the Lamb's book of life. We know. Somebody say, we know, we know, we know. Well, our time's up again today. Say it out loud the way we do. I live by faith. I walk by faith. I overcome this world by faith, I'm strong in faith, giving glory to God. Praise God. Well, we're off to a good start this week. Come back next time. There's a whole lot more to see. I think we just barely got the text read today. 
So come back. We'll see you soon here in Faith School. I've got a victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390. 